Thanks for listening. Join us now for Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. Well, I don't know if God has ever interrupted your plans, but he has mine, and he's he's kind of prone to do that. Aaron Pierce is with us. He's the International Mission Director of Steiger International, a rapidly growing worldwide mission community that is reaching and discipling the global youth culture for Jesus. Steiger is active in over a hundred cities around the world within the regions of Europe, Eurasia, Central Asia, the Middle East, East Asia, South America, Australia, and North America. And so it's just a joy to have you with us, Aaron, and we'd love to hear your story of growing up as a missionary kid in Amsterdam and how God interrupted your plans to launch this thing called Steiger. So great to have you with us. Yeah, thank you. So good to be here this morning. So yeah, yeah. So I I actually was born and raised in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. My parents were missionaries there in the 80s. Uh, and they had a real heart to reach young people of the city that would not walk into a church, mm-hmm. uh, which, as you can imagine, in, in a city like Amsterdam, that's pretty much most young people. They they see these big, beautiful cathedrals, and they're, they're dead and empty on Sunday. They're essentially museums. And so my parents had a heart to reach these younger people and, who often had very wrong or misconceptions about who Jesus is and what it means to follow him. And so they would... What, what actually the way it started is my dad would go to um, nightclubs and bars late at night with a group of people and build friendships and share the gospel and then they would write the names of everyone that they met and go out into the forest and they would pray over these names and say God we need to break through in the city and so this was all in the 80s when my parents started this and this was the height of the punk rock movement that was the social kind of scene of the time and so my, my dad was saying Lord we could you give us a way to communicate Communicate your gospel truth in a way that'll connect. And and my dad felt like the Lord said, I want you to start a band, mm-hmm. which was a very unique thing to do. So he started a band in Amsterdam, um, sharing the gospel from stage. And all of a sudden, they saw many people come to Jesus. So many people, in fact, they were like, what do we do with all of them? Uh, and, and so they end up starting a Bible study on a boat, because in Amsterdam, there's all these canals, and there's a river, and they started a, 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 a Bible study study in a big houseboat and the address of that boat was Steiger 14 so they named they named their bible study Steiger and eventually became a church reaching young people of Amsterdam and it was this dynamic ministry and that was the environment that I had the tremendous privilege of growing up in so that's the the genesis of our of our organization and some of the beginning of my story yeah, we're talking with Aaron Pierce, who's the International Director of Steiger International, a mission community. And so you had plans to go to law school and have a career in politics, and God interrupted you. What's up with yeah. that? God, why would you interrupt my plans? Seriously. So, no, the, the, so I, I had this privileged environment of growing up in a place where, where God was real, right? Like I saw his power at work. Um, but the one thing my parents did really well growing up is they never made being in vocational mission, um, a ministry a higher calling. It was do what God has called you to do, be obedient, and you can be a radical follower of Jesus in any context. And so I really believed that. And so I had this vision, okay, I'm going to, uh, you know, I went to, I went to college, studied business. 
business and I'm, I was on my way to law school and I thought, I'm going to go into politics. That's the way that I'm going to make a dent in the world. And, and that was the path I was on. Uh, and then I, I went on a, um, a mission trip, which is interesting because I literally grew up in the mission field and I went on, you know, just a classic mission trip to Mexico. And on that mission trip, as is often the case when you do that, I, I, I really was exposed once again to, to the brokenness of the world, to, the, to poverty and injustice and to suffering and, and all these things that you can see. And I saw these things and rather than feeling like this sense of, oh, I'm going to do something about it and in inspiration, I felt overwhelmed mm -hmm. and I felt a bit discouraged. And I remember complaining to God and saying, God, how could you create a world that is so messed up? And, and I was wrestling with the Lord on that. And I had a moment that really redefined and redirected my life. And the moment was essentially a revelation of the message of the cross. Because what I realized and what God revealed to me in that wrestling is that he is far from indifferent to our suffering. In fact, he, he cares so much that he sent himself as Jesus to enter into our suffering. And that all pain and all suffering and all injustice is ultimately the result of sin. Sin. And there's only one solution to sin, and that's the message of the cross. And so from that moment on, it's like, man, I don't want to be involved in anything other than dealing with the root cause and bringing the gospel, because that's the ultimate solution. So that really directed my life. And then I joined my parents' mission, and now to, after a number of years, end up taking over leadership. But that really shaped the trajectory of my life. I got to tell you, Aaron, I grew up in Los Angeles and I went to a high school that had 2000 kids in it. So like that was a big youth culture. I mean, that's a lot of kids, yeah. but that is nothing, nothing at all compared to the connectedness and this global youth culture that exists today. You know, back in the day, it was just the people you spent your time with were limited to like lo the locale. But that's yep. not true anymore. Can you define for us a little bit what the global youth culture is and, and how it even exists the way that it does today? Yeah, and it's been, you know, growing and evolving for, for decades now. I mean, the genesis of the global youth culture started back with MTV and where people were basically what you found is young people all over the planet in cities all over the world, of course, more connected than ever before. And essentially, they're influenced by similar voices. So playing the same video games, listening to the same music, following the so same social media influencers. And so you have this global generation that is more connected and more similar than ever before. And they're similar on superficial things like fashion and music trends and things of that nature. But they're also similar on deeper things like worldview and morality and lifestyle. And so you have this global culture that, that is tied together and they're believing many of the same things. And a lot of the things that they're believing, a lot of the influences that they have are taking them away from the church and away from God. And, and so we need to be aware of that. We need to know how to communicate the gospel well to the global youth culture and how to address that challenge. And that's really our hardest mission. So just real quick, Aaron, we don't have a lot of time in this segment. We've got you all hour, but... Just real quick, what is the what are the characteristics of yeah. the global youth culture? 
Well, so a lot of it is about understanding. So here's how I like to frame it. To know the global youth culture and to and, and then to reach them, you need to think of it like cross-cultural missions within your own city, mm-hmm. right? Because the global youth culture is its own culture. And if I were to be called to be a missionary in China, then I would need to, well, I'd have to go to China, but then I would have to learn the culture, the influences, the philosophies, the implications of all that so that I can contextualize the, go- the gospel well. So there's a lot of things that are influencing the global youth culture, like the entertainment industry or internet stars on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube or video games, which is bigger than Hollywood. And the average male uh, 21-year-old in our country has spent 10,000 hours playing video games or pornography, all these things that for often not so not good things are, are shaping the the mindset of a culture and and so we need to understand those things uh, but then there's other implications like what we believe so we believe in uh, secularism which is not that people are atheists but that faith is private so you can believe whatever you want so long as you don't push that on other people or that naturally leads that faith is relative or there's no absolute truth it's all kind of preference and you know, we believe our own things and there's no one way. And then that and then the last thing is is this idea of acceptance. We have to accept all people regardless of what they believe. There's no one right way. And a lot of this stuff permeates and shapes how we see the world. And so these are some of the influences and the mindsets of the global youth culture. This is very daunting when I read about the global youth culture, Aaron. What are the ways that we can reach them? Because they're not going to come to us, right? Yeah, I think that's the big paradigm. I mean, if you think about it from the church's perspective, we've, because of our history and our past and the kind of a nominal Christian nation, we're used to um, inviting people to church or come and see. And it's a great, that's that's a really cool thing to do. But for a lot of people, particularly younger people today, they're not going to walk into a church because of all sorts of reasons, some that are fair, some that are not fair. But the bottom line is we've got to go to them and we need to understand how they see the world. And so, yeah, it's it, there are incredible challenges um, that we're facing today, but, but there is absolutely hope and they can be reached. And, and, and a lot of what we have to offer is resources to equip you and your church to reach young people to, that will not walk into a church today. And so that is hard. And I'm, I'm excited to kind of dive into a few pieces of what we can do about that. Yeah. I mean, I think this is something that's so relevant because we've got kids, we've got grandkids that we're seeing what you're talking about right now. We're seeing it fleshed out in their lives. And so it's really up close and personal. So Aaron, dive into that. How can we reach these folks? Well, I mean, again, the it, the first thing is to recognize that um, it's when we're having a, 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 the gospel and the message of the cross is not just a transfer of information, right? It's a supernatural revelation of the message of the cross and that we have to start with knowing where the battle lies and that this truly is a spiritual battle. You know, it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. And so what we're dealing with is spiritual blindness. And so obviously anything, any impact that we're going to have on anyone always starts with desperate prayer that we truly get on our knees and pray desperately because we need God to open people's eyes. It's, it, we need his, his power to, to be speaking through us. Uh, and so it starts there, but then it starts by understanding um, what, what someone believes and, and being able to 
to challenge those things and to challenge some of the mindset. Because what's really interesting is that we live in a culture where more and more people have walked away from the church. But young people today are really often dealing with a lot of um, things like we live in a culture that's very confused or sexually broken or loneliness is, is so common. Anxiety is something that people talk about all the time without many solutions. And so we have to realize that a lot of this stuff comes from a mindset, a, a worldview. And so the worldview that a lot of what a lot of people are believing today is the worldview of secular humanism. And so that's a technical fancy term that basically means that God has been replaced, man is at the center, and there's no outside authority that can tell me how to live my life. Like I get to define my own identity, purpose, morality. I get to define everything. And that sounds so freeing. It sounds so appealing, but it's really poison wrapped in bubble gum. And the consequences are pretty devastating. If you're the source of truth, you're gonna get confused, right? If there's nothing you can go to and say, this is true and I can align myself to that, I will get confused. And and if if there's if there is no guardrails other than do what makes you feel good, then you're gonna find sexual brokenness. You're gonna find loneliness and anxiety. And so it's actually the natural consequence of our worldview. And you can begin to tie that back. And you can actually point out the fact that Jesus offers incredible answers Mm. to the felt needs that we described, right? Jesus brings truth to the confused. He brings healing to the broken. He brings the ultimate relationship with our creator in the church, and he brings peace that transcends understanding. So Jesus is incredibly relevant. But the problem is that Jesus has been put in this religion box. And and people don't realize that they, they don't understand that Jesus actually does connect to my day-to-day life, that he actually does impact um, in a positive way how I can live my life. So part of it is is connecting things to where people are at. And then other times it's about challenging what people believe and showing how the, the disconnect there as well. So part of it is understanding the spiritual and then understanding the worldview as well as we engage in conversations with people. Aaron, you probably have like stories after stories after stories, all the cities and all of the people that you've reached, but can you just focus in on one for us? Tell us a story of impact of how Steiger is reaching people for Jesus. Yeah. um, And I want to, I guess I'll tell a story that I I think would be most relevant to the audience because I want to make it clear, like, that maybe your, your, your young adult kid has walked away from the Lord, but they are far beyond reach. Like, God, God, like in other words, they can be reached, and, and I've seen it over and over. So uh, I live in Minneapolis, so up here in the Midwest as well. Um, and in the summer, we do um, just this very organic outreach where we have, of course, tons of lakes here, and we set up in a lake that's right in the center of the city. We'll have a barbecue and live music and, and lawn games, and, and it's just a, it's a, a lake where just tons of people, especially young adults, hang out in the summer, and um, and it's it's always an opportunity to have spiritual conversations that lead to the gospel. Uh, and and I'll say this right off the bat: I'm not one of these natural personalities that can talk to anyone, any random stranger. Like that's actually not the way I'm wired. So what I do when I'm in an event like that is is because my heart is broken for people. Is I'll just say, Lord, lead me to 
to one person to have one good gospel conversation. And then I just say, and then I just wait for him to reveal someone to me. So in this case, I was doing that and praying, and all of a sudden, this couple, young couple, um, scootered by in one of those rentable scooters, and they stopped right in front of our barbecue. They were like two of them on one, you know, saving money that way, I guess. And and um, I looked at them and go, man, that's they're the ones I need to talk to. And they stopped right in front of our barbecue, and I kind of meandered over there, and I said, hey, what are you guys doing? Is talk to them a little bit. And I felt like the Lord, um, I felt from the Lord that I should ask the girl if if she was a singer. And I wasn't even sure why. And I, and we have a stage and I was like, are you, a, are you a singer by chance? And she said, yeah, I am. And I said, well, you should get on stage and sing a, sing a song. And I had the sense that the, what this girl needed is to be seen. So many people feel invisible. And I felt like this girl needed to be seen and that in, in and they're realizing that there were people that cared about her. So she got on stage and she sang and we got our whole crew around there. We all like cheered for her and she was just beaming. Mm. And afterwards we started to talk and, and a group of us were having this conversation and we were praying with her and sharing different things. And she stayed, she and her boyfriend stayed all night. Mm. And at the end we did this Bible study and she stayed for that. And then she prayed to receive Jesus. Mm. And I think what, what it was is that, first of all, we were in her space present. We weren't like angry or yelling. We were present and loving. And and the Holy Spirit worked through through me in, in to do something that I couldn't do, right? Like only God could do that. And it opened her heart to hear the gospel. And so I think it's being available and stepping out and allowing God to speak through you that, that is most powerful. And, and we see someone like this girl um, coming to know Jesus in a park in Minneapolis. Aaron Pierce, the international director of Steiger International, which is reaching the global youth culture. And so, Aaron, what I've taken away from this, though, is that we have to go to, we have mm-hmm. to go to the, the youth of the world, the youth in our community. And so what's, what's one step that we can take? Help mobilize us. We want to be part of the solution of reaching the youth culture. So what is an actionable step we can take? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Again, you can be a missionary in your own city. And what that means is that I think the big distinction is this. Missionaries don't happen by accident, right? It's intentional. So how? what are you going to do? Where are you going to go so that you can develop authentic relationships with people who would not walk into a church? And so that means like, and it, it can be as simple as in your neighborhood or your work, but it can also be by being part of a neighborhood group or, or going Going to a, a park where there's a ton of people, or or being you know involved in some social cause at a local level where you can connect with people, and and basically living your life intentionally, in, so that you'll develop relationships with people who would not walk into a church, and then use that platform to develop spiritual conversations on which you can share the gospel message. And there's a lot to unpack there. Again, in our Steiger Resource Library, you can learn more about how to do that. But basically. Live your life on purpose. Live like a missionary in your own city. Aaron Pierce of Steiger International. Yeah, just a massive amount of resources. Check them out at steiger.org, S-T-E-I-G-E-R, steiger.org. Thanks for listening to Barry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. 
That's 800-968-8930. 